Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. It's week six of the NFL. Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And it's a huge matchup this week in Baltimore against the 4-2 and two Ravens. Baltimore physical football team. This is a matchup up front. The big guys are going to decide this one. So who better than to welcome <laughs> in TJ Lang, former Lions, does a sideline uh, reporting for 97-1 on game day, does a great job with that. TJ, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Tim, always good to uh, join you up here and especially this week. Another, matchup, uh, right? another beef on beef type of matchup beef like we beef. saw last week in Tampa <laughs> Bay. And uh, that's what it's all about, man. Strength on strength. And uh, can't wait to can't wait to see, uh, you know, how, how these teams match up come Sunday. You know, we were talking about a little bit before the podcast, but it started. You said these two teams or Baltimore looks a lot similar to what Tampa did yeah. last week defensively. What do you mean by that when, when you started watching the film and, and breaking them down a little bit? I, I think their defense, look, they've got a massive human being, Michael Pierce, at nose tackle, much like you saw Vita Vea last week yeah. for Tampa Bay. You've got two really good inside linebackers that can uh, go sideline to sideline. They can covered uh, in the past game as well. And they've got defensive backs that are all over the place. We saw Kyle Hamilton last week. I know he's a big hitter. He got uh, a yeah. lucky it's not college. He'd be sitting out <laughs> the first half of this game, uh, but he's going to be back. But it's um, it's a physical defense. Uh, they pride themselves on stopping the run. They like putting eight guys in the box and saying, good luck. You know, you're going to have to throw it to beat us. And that's something that uh, Tampa Bay did really well last week uh, against this offense. I know this offense kind of struggled in the in the run game a little bit. A lot yeah. of that, look, I mean, it's just number game, right? We've got seven blockers. They've got eight guys to defend us. Sometimes you're you're not going to win those matchups. But I look at this ta- or this Baltimore defense and I say, the good part is you're pretty. It's a pretty similar uh, formation: three down, four you know, four linebackers, guys moving around than what you just saw in Tampa Bay. So hopefully, uh, throughout the, this week of preparation, Ben Johnson and that offense are going to make the adjustments that they feel necessary uh, to go out there and, and at least improve on the run game. And Detroit's getting a little bit healthier. Obviously, David Montgomery. They're yeah. not going to have him. That's a big loss because of what he means for the run game. But you do expect Jameer Gibbs to be back. The last time uh, uh, Dave uh, Montgomery didn't play was week three in Atlanta. We saw Gibbs have uh, 17 carries, kind of held down the fort. Craig Williams was back at practice on Thursday after missing. uh, Craig Reynolds, I should say, is back uh, to practice Thursday after missing Wednesday. So that's a good sign for the run game, too. And then Brian Branch is expected to be back. He's um, been at practice this week. So the Lions are getting healthier. So look, we talked about the defense. Let's get right into the key matchups for this week. And and let's go to the other side of the ball. Lamar Jackson, obviously a former MVP, (laughs) a guy who's been doing it at a high level in this league for a long time. Versus Alex Anzalone. I picked Anzalone in this one because I think he's going to be one of those key guys when when Lamar tries to um, break contain, when he tries to get out in space. I think he's still looking to make plays down the field. Lions want their cover guys to stay covered. Yeah. And, and they're going to need guys like Alex Anzalone, their front seven. That's who's going to be responsible to, to, to get Lamar down. So I think this is a big matchup. Yeah, and I think that this defense, when you look at him in totality, is the discipline is much better than what it was was uh, last year. I mean, last year when you faced the Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, you turn on the film and you'd say, 
man, there's four guys accounting for the quarterback. You don't need that, right? You only need one guy uh, for a lot of these players. This defense is adjusted to where they're trusting each other to say, hey, you guys take the run game. I'll take the quarterback in case he keeps the ball. Anzalone's a perfect fit to do that because yeah. he has a lot of, in my opinion, underrated speed. I mean, this is a guy that flies sideline to sideline. We saw him, I think, on the first two snaps last week against Tampa – He's three yards into the backfield and making plays, right? Yeah. And he's getting penetration. You're, but you're going to have to stay disciplined against Lamar Jackson. This isn't the typical, you know, last year or two years ago, Lamar Jackson, where they're lining up kind of in that T-bone formation and it's a lot of read options and they're just going to take their three, four yards down the field and then eventually hit a big one. They like to spread it out now, but Lamar is still their leading rusher. I think yeah. He's got over 320 yards, uh, a couple touchdowns. Most of those come, I think, in my opinion, down in the red zone. But he is going to take off and you have to account for a guy like that because he is their lead guy. He I is. mean, it just is what it is. They <laughs> lost J.K. Dobbins early in the season. They're still kind of struggling to look for that. Who's who's going to be the next guy we can count on and, and, and be reliable in this run game until they find that it's Lamar. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see him run 30 times a game like maybe we saw in the past, but Anzalone's a guy, in my opinion, that's playing disciplined football. He's playing smart football. He's trusting his teammates. If he's supposed to be in one spot, he's not going to get over-aggressive and say, oh, maybe I have to cover here. Maybe I have to do a little bit more because we're a little bit weak at that position. No, I'm going to stay in my spot. You guys do your job. I'm going to do my job. I think with how he matches up uh, with Lamar Jackson, especially in the red zone when you get down there, third downs where yeah. Lamar's always a threat to run if you got everything covered up. Anzalone's got the speed. He's got the uh, discipline. He's got the awareness to know where the quarterback is going to be, and I think that's going to be a huge factor in this game. And I think he's their best covered linebacker, too. And 100%. I think that, that's a skill set that maybe gets underappreciated by him a little bit, and it's a little bit different scheme now yeah. without Greg Roman under Todd Monken, um, it, they want to make him a drop back passer a little bit. Yeah. There's not those designed runs. So I think to your point, when he is running, it's maybe when something breaks down or, or the coverage is good and he tries to do something. That's where having a speed guy like Alex is just going to be so terrific. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And you talk about, you know, they're, uh, I, I know Zay Flowers is kind of their leading receiver right now on the outside, but this offense is kind of built around the tight end of Mark yeah. Andrews. And he's going to have to do uh, a nice job of, especially a lot of these play-action passes. I think the Lions have done a much better job. Really, the Seattle game was the one game this year where you say, man, we struggled. We were just too aggressive. We let too many tight ends get behind us uh, into the secondary where they're running wide open. They seem to fix that a little bit in the last three games. This is going to be a game that's going to test them again. You're Everybody, when you talk about the run game, you take pride in the run. And I think Coach Campbell said, hey, when teams try to, try to run on us, like, that's a challenge against our manhood. We yeah. want to step up and we want to stop the run. <laughs> well, other teams know that too, and they can kind of use that against you to say, well, we know they're going to be aggressive. They don't want, they don't, you know, they don't want us to run the ball on them. Let's just hit these play action passes over the top. That's where you're going to have to stay disciplined. And if you're talking about a guy like Anzalone, it's not only one on one, the matchups he gets with Lamar Jackson, but it's also Mark Andrews. He's yeah. a guy, I guarantee you, when they came in on Monday and they celebrated the Tampa win, they flipped the script to Baltimore and they said, look, number eight and number 89, Mark Andrews. We got to stop these guys <laughs> when our defense is on the field. And a lot of it's going to be on these linebackers because they are asked now in Aaron Glenn's defense, you're going to have to cover these tight ends coming out of the backfield. They've done a nice job so far, but I think this is going to be the biggest challenge that they face so far. 100%. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Uh, Justin Matabike um, versus, I, I don't know if it's going to be Big V or, or Graham Glasgow. We'll kind of see, you know, Big V is, is a guy who wasn't on the injury report last week, but Dan said after the game, he's still kind of working himself back. Yeah. 
back to being 100%. Look, you played that position. How difficult is it when you suffer a knee injury or an injury that that makes you miss some time to get that confidence back? And do you think it's a good decision by Dan and those guys to maybe ease him back in a little bit? I I think it was a good decision last week because Graham Glasgow is a guy that's played a lot of football in this league. Mm. Um, He's a prideful guy, and I thought he played his best game of the season uh, last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, His pass protection was great, a lot of one-on-one blocks, because you had a young player, uh, Coyote Awasika, over on the left side. Naturally, you're going to try to slide the center to him a little bit more, not to throw him under the bus and say, good luck out there (laughs) one-on-one. We're going to help you out a little bit. Graham was the guy on the other side that said, you know what, you're going to have to pick up the slack. You're going to have to win your one-on-ones. I thought Graham had his best game of the year. Now, the good problem is you've got a lot of guys on that offensive line that have played a lot of snaps in the NFL where you feel like, hey, if we're missing one, we can slide pieces around, we can boom, dunk somebody in here, we'll be just fine. They were last week. Uh, With Big V, though, yes, he's a veteran guy. He's played a lot of football. We know he had the season-ending injury last year with the back. Now this year it was a little bit of the lower body issues popping up. You don't want to throw him back right out there and say – good luck, go do it again. We've got a guy that can carry the load until you're 100%. And to be honest with you, even when he's at 100%, I don't know what this lineup looks like because every other guy that they have played is playing at a high level. And right. That's something that's just a testament uh, to Hank Fraley. Yeah. Uh, it's a testament to the leaders in that offensive line room that we don't care which five guys are out there. We expect to be the strength of this team. We expect to be a top three unit uh, in this league, and they have been playing like that. So we'll see how how it, how it shakes out this week. I mean, I know Dan Campbell is um, – he likes to set the lineup based off reliability, right? Who has a good week of practice? Who is a guy that we can trust? Yeah. I think right now, if you look at it, you say Graham Glasgow is playing pretty good football. Uh, Awasika stepped up nice last week. Can we move pieces around? They're going to find the best five guys that can go out there and take on this Lions defense, uh, but it's going to be earned throughout the week of practice. And they have a tough challenge this week. Really I mean, tough, You look yeah. at this front, 24 sacks by Baltimore leads the NFL. They have 11 different guys teach with at least one sack. Yeah. And so it comes from all three levels. Levels all over. They have at least four guys with with three sacks. I mean, they're really good. And and look, uh, Matabike has uh, been leading the way with them with four and a half. And look, every quarterback will tell you the worst pressure they can face is that pressure up the middle, yeah. right? When yeah. you've got a guy yeah. like an Aaron Donald or or a Chris Jones, those guys that are double digit sacks guy. And look, uh, uh, Matabike is is a guy who's got four and a half sacks, leads them pretty good three technique. What do you see from film on him? Yeah, and coming uh, to last week, I think against Tennessee, he's a he's a dynamic three three-tech rusher. I mean, he's not going to line up at the nose tackle. He's not going to line up over the tackles. He's going to be a three-tech. And he plays both sides um, in that kind of underfront 3-4 oaky that Baltimore likes to play. Uh, he's quick. I think that's one thing you look at him and you say, okay, he doesn't he doesn't really wow you with his size, right? Uh, he, there's nothing that looking at him physically that says, oh, he's going to run me over. He's going right, to run right through my chin. You can't really hone on anything that he does to say, I got to stop this and then I'll be fine. Because if you stop the power, he's just going to hit you with the speed. He's going to hit you with the outside edge, the inside edge. He's a guy that's capable of uh, of being extremely disruptive in the run and the pass game. Versatile, uh, very versatile guy, and he is. He plays probably more snaps than any other defensive lineman. Mm. I think they like to rotate their guys out. They like to play three, four snaps, and then hey, we'll get three or four new bodies in there. He's the one guy that's kind of. The, uh, the stable right now of saying, no, we need him on the field because they're a better team when, when when he's out on the field. He's a guy that you definitely have to circle and say, we got to know where this guy's at, right? Yeah. There, there, there's It's him. It's the two mid, middle linebackers with Rokon uh, Smith and Patrick Queen. Uh, Jadavian Clowney still has a little bit on the edge, but it, you, this team is designed on – 
we need to have a firm pocket inside. Yeah. As long as Jared Goff can step up into the pocket and deliver the ball downfield, that's where this offense is running uh, at their highest level. And that's where it starts with a guy like Matt Abuque, where you say you cannot let up penetration to him because he can wreck a game, he can wreck a third down. And sometimes we know in these close games where we feel like both teams are pretty evenly matched – it's only one or two plays that That's are going to make a difference in the one game. Sack, so if fumble, it, right. one fumble, one so of those. So you, can, you have to make sure that the interior three guys know where he's going to be at. You have to, in my opinion, if you're Ben Johnson and you're Jared Goff, know where he's at in the back of your mind, slide the protection to him, get as many hands uh, and eyes on him as you can because he is one guy that can disrupt a game from the middle of that defense. All right, Teach, let's move outside a little bit. And you talked about Zay Flowers a little bit earlier leading them. It's a little bit different offense. They're three, four wide, five wide even sometimes. Yeah. They want to throw the ball. And when they do, Zay's really been the guy that, that Lamar has trusted. Um, you know, guy leads them in receptions, leads them in um, receiving yards. Um, he's up there among all the rookies. And, and he's, you know, really played well. But another guy who's played well for Detroit is Cam Sutton. I think he's been everything the Lions hoped for and, and maybe a little bit more <laughs> yeah. at cornerback. I mean, what a steady force. Just a guy who just comes to work, puts his head down, and, and just gets it done week after week. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup on the outside. Yeah, Sutton Island. I think we were talking last week on the broadcast. We, we don't really talk about Cam Sutton. That's, that's good. a good thing when that's you're good. a defensive back. It's a good thing when you're offensive lineman. I know that. Uh, if you're not saying my name, I'm usually doing my job. And, yeah. and Cam Sutton's a guy that really hasn't been tested a whole lot this year, and I think that's by uh, his play, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of teams that probably look over there, and he's always in the right position. Uh, he knows what to do. The communication in the in the back end seems to be uh, definitely a strength of that defense right now. They, there's not a lot of free runners that you see uh, that maybe we've seen in the past with this defense, and I think a big part of that is Cam Sutton. He's a guy that you can say Lock down either the third of the field or the half of the field, depending on the coverage. And, you know, the other four guys will take care of the rest of the yeah. field. And he's been doing a nice job. And he's a physical player, too. I mean, Cam, I think there was a play last week against Tampa. You know, probably could have been a big play. Quick wide receiver screen. He defeats the block. He gets in there and, and takes the uh, receiver down for maybe a one-yard gain. Uh, he always has one play a game that's like, hey, don't forget about me. You know, I'm still out here, too. And that's admirable, man. He's He's been a big part of that defense. But Zay Flowers on the other side, he's their speed guy. Yeah. And Baltimore always seems to have one guy that can kind of take the top off your defense. Um, you know, they're going to try to set it up early where maybe it's a lot of underneath stuff. Maybe it's a lot of uh, quick passes, maybe a wide receiver screen, maybe a jet sweep. And then when you start to fall asleep on the guy, boom, we're going to try to hit you over the top. I think anytime you have Cam Sutton, though, on their number one receiver, you're going to feel free to be able to do whatever you want to do on the other half of the field uh, defensively, which Aaron Glenn has shown this year that uh, the more options he has, the better this defense is. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing that matchup as well to see if we can limit Zay Flowers. You know, you're, you, Baltimore's going to be a team. They're going to get their yards. They're going to have a couple chunk plays. They're probably going to hit you for a couple explosives because they have that type of talent. They've got those weapons. And that the type NFL. Of, and that they get type, paid two of them. Exactly. <laughs> and that type of speed, which leads me to kind of – you got to hone down in the red zone, right? Yeah. That's going to be the biggest key. If you give up a chunk play or two, it's fine. Like we saw last week in Tampa, they got down the red zone a couple times. You held them to a couple field goals. That's going to be huge for this defense this week. Tackling, too. You, you mentioned it. Cam Sutton and, and Jerry Jacobs has been good on the other side. Prerequisite to play cornerback in Aaron Glenn's defense, you better be able <laughs> to better, come up and you better be able you to better tackle be physical. Yeah, yeah, you better be physical. Speaking of physical, Kyle Hamilton, their safety, a uh, guy who was you know kicked out of the game last week because of a, a helmet tell hit I don't think it was anything intentional but here's a guy yeah. that they kind of use all over the field right Tej I mean they move him up to the line of scrimmage he's got three sacks on the year he 
and, and I, I put this matchup against Jameson Williams because obviously we saw the impact and the huge play that Jamo had last yeah. week, that 45-yard touchdown. And it was when they got it matched up against the safety who had to come over and defend him the deep part of the field. And so that's why I like this matchup. Can Ben Johnson scheme it up where he maybe gets a one-on-one with a safety? And you and I both know we've seen Jamo long enough that if he gets matched up against a safety, I don't care how good the safety is, he's not probably going to be able to run <laughs> with Jamo. So I think this is an interesting matchup. Yeah. Kyle has been hit um, for some yards, no touchdowns on the year yet. But I think this is an interesting matchup. He's the last line of defense, and how they want to use Jamo is is to him for him to beat that last line of yeah. defense, right? And, and Kyle Hamilton is a very physical player, and he's very versatile. Like you said, I mean, he will play, you know, twenty yards off the ball, kind of last line of defense, the 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 long deep free safety. Uh, next snap, you'll see him kind of coming off the edge and, and trying to put pressure on the quarterback. And uh, he's a big dude. I mean, 6'4", probably 220, fast as hell. Uh, he flies all over the place. He's physical. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, he did get a personal foul ejection last week. I don't think it was intentional, but it was just a violent hit. And yeah. that's something that you're going to have to be prepared for against this Baltimore <laughs> defense. This is going to be a physical game. This yeah. is going to be a game where you're going to have to ice up afterwards. You're going to have to ice up Monday. A lot of that is Kyle Hamilton. He's a guy back there. You have to know where he's at. Uh, you have to account for him, much like we saw last week with Tampa Bay's uh, defense with Antoine Winfield. Kind of plays that same role. He, yeah. He's playing deep. Sometimes he'll creep up into the box. Uh, you have to have eyes on him. You have to account for this guy. But you're right. I think JMO, that touchdown last week just felt like it felt like a huge weight probably lifted it's off of be his shoulder, builder, right? A hundred percent. And even two snaps before that, we saw the deep uh, kind of come back on the sideline. Great route. Uh, I'm sure the coaching point there would be, hey, work back to the quarterback just a little bit so mm-hmm. it's not at your feet. And maybe it's at your chest, um, which uh, he's only going to continue to improve on. But to me, it said a lot about the confidence that Jared Goff has in Jamison Williams. Two plays later, uh, coming back and taking the top off the defense. And Jared will probably, I think he already said, hey, it wasn't my best ball. Uh, it was a great adjustment by Jamo to come yeah. back to that ball. We saw him get spun around and bring in the catch. I just feel like that that could catapult you to more success in this league. Once you have that one play, it's like, okay, boom, I'm good. I'm ready. Let's keep doing it, right? And for him to get that kind of weight off of his shoulder at that point of the game is huge because you saw it the rest of the game against Tampa. There was another play later in that game uh, on a third down. Amon Ra ran about a 20-yard in route. Uh, Jameson was running a deep post. You saw three defensive backs from Tampa Bay playing about 35 yards off the line of scrimmage because they saw number yeah. nine out there running a streak down the middle of the field. They didn't want to get beat again. But that's the type of opportunities that he's going to open up for the rest of this offense. If you could hit JMO on one or two of those deep shots, it is going to make everybody Especially else's life early. way way more easy yeah. in the middle of that defense, which we know this Detroit Lions offense loves to live in. Well, to your point, that was the first time we saw JMO, St. Brown, and Laporta on the field together. Yeah. And those three combined for 18 catches, 213 yards, and two touchdowns. I think they play off each other yeah. a little bit. And maybe bit. we'll get a little bit of Gibbs in there, too, this week. Yeah, a little Gibbs bit more back. speed yeah. on this offense as well, yeah. Speed is fun. Speed is fun. And, and I tell you this, team, man, that you you can notice on both sides of the ball, the speed is different. Yeah. Right? And I think the challenge uh, with this offense in particular is, hey, we got all this speed, but how do we stay true to our identity, which is a physical, a gritty, a tough, a violent football team? But it's nice to have those gadget-type 
players yeah. or plays i'm not going to call them gadget players but plays in there where you say hey you want to load up the box with eight guys no worry we're going to bomb one over the top of you this offense is only going to continue to get better now that these guys are all starting to get healthy together look at you a radio guy you're teasing this next <laughs> you're teasing this next matchup here aren't you because the, the, the final one is is ben johnson the offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. detroit against mike mcdonald who i think done a terrific job there in baltimore obviously um you know former michigan guy he's gone back to baltimore and when i talked to the offensive guys this week one of the things they say is is when you watch their films of every game it's, it's almost a different scheme every week you know yeah. they they do they they're very scheme specific to their opponent and i think that's a trait of a good uh defensive coordinator it's not like hey yeah. this is just what we are what we do you obviously have your own principles and your own beliefs but you can change things up based upon the opponent that you think gives you the best advantage and i think ben johnson on our side does does that exact same thing and and so i think this is going to be kind of one of those terrific matchups within the matchup against arguably one of the best offenses the league and the best defense Detroit will see all year and one of the best in in the NFL yeah it's that cat and mouse game you talk about when you think about coordinators and we're calling this because we think they're doing that right or the tendencies say you know hey on second and short this is what they're doing I think the good part about Ben Johnson uh, watching the film there's not a whole lot of tendencies right now I mean he does a great job of mixing up personnel mixing up motions mixing up um, you know the formations that he has with different guys that you can't really hone in and key in on one specific aspect was hey every time we see Sam Laporta motion like this it's this play right they they have seven or different seven or eight different plays that they've run off of that already throughout six yeah, games right. so it's hard to key in on that yeah. uh, I think just looking at this week look it's a copycat league right the Tampa last week their defense did has have success stopping our run game a lot of that was not uh, you know, the offensive line just getting beat one-on-one. A lot of it, like I said earlier, was a numbers game. Hey, mm-hmm. we've got seven blockers. They've got eight, sometimes nine guys in the box. we got to make these guys miss, right? Or sometimes, hey, we're running wide outside zone left. We're leaving the backside uh, defender unblocked. He did a nice job chasing down the play and keeping it to a one-yard gain. You, you know those things are going to happen. It's a copycat league. I'm sure Baltimore is looking at that too. Uh, their defense coordinators are looking at that and saying, hey, anytime we get this motion, hey, just – Hug the line, right? Go make the play. Ben Johnson, how do you counteract that? How do you throw in some of these play-action passes now where you say, hey, we've shown the run off of this formation and off of this motion five or six times now. Guess what? Next time we do it, we're going to bootleg out. Hopefully we got somebody wide open. That's how you take defenses out of being over-aggressive against your run game. And that's going to be a huge key, I think, this week. It's going to be much like last week where – you're going to have to be really good in situational football. You're going to have to be really good in third down. Lions were great on third down, especially in the second half against Tampa. Yeah. You're going to have to be really good in the red zone, offense and defensively. This is a great red zone Baltimore, defense. you just look at the st- – <laughs> but the red zone defense is really good. But you look at Baltimore's offense, I think it was the first four games, you know, they were – scoring touchdowns about 85%. The last two games, we saw it last week in London, they kicked six field goals in that right. game. That's a lot for a kick. That's a really good job <laughs> by the defense, forcing that many field goals. Um, so it's going to be that red zone type and the big, the turnovers too. The Lions Always. have really seemed to turn uh, a page the last couple games where, hey, they were kind of playing with fire a little bit against Atlanta. Um, against Seattle, we obviously saw it hurt them. Against Green Bay, right, a couple turnovers in there. 
they were playing with fire. They turned to, seemed to turn that page a little bit offensively. We're taking care of the football defense. Give us an extra possession. In games like this that I think are going to be close, that I think are going to be strength on strength, it might turn out who's got the ball last. A lot of times you look back at it and you say, yep, they had the one turnover. We gave them a short field. Those three points made a difference. I think situational football is going to be much like last week. It's going to be the most important thing about this game as well. Two coaches that really love special teams, too. Maybe a big you, special teams You feel like You feel could. like Khalif Raymond is kind of due for one, don't last you? last week. You feel like he's due. And I almost said it last week. I wasn't quite comfortable saying it yet against Tampa but you feel like in this game and then look I mean this is this might be a very similar game to what we saw last year at New York right when yeah. we played the Jets hey they're a tough defense man it's going to be hard points are going to be hard to come in by that game? Khalif Raymond punt return right this might be one of those games where yeah. you say you might well, last week we got against Tampa Bay in the second series with Jerry Jacobs or uh, yeah um, I'm sorry Will Harris with Har- with coming up ball. with the yeah. interception off the tip ball made a big difference in that game this might be another game where you say hey we might need a spark play from somebody else outside of our offense yeah. maybe it's a special teams chance you know, to take talking about ben johnson too i thought it was important last week tampa did such a great job stop the run like you talked about but you you know that now you can put it in jared's hands yes he can throw the ball 44 times for yeah. 353 yards and two good touchdowns football, so <laughs> the fact that football. you can be versatile and and you can counter whatever the defense does i think yeah. last week showed that with with ben johnson this pass again that's got to make him feel really good teach as always man great stuff yeah. i gotta have you on more often because i enjoy i enjoy I, this know, segment man, with you free, all the man. time i'm tired man. now this I don't is, have, I got this nothing is great going on. look we got big boy football in baltimore <laughs> he's the big guy from detroit breaking it all down thank you guys for joining us we'll be back Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I'm very happy to welcome in Brian Wacker. Uh, he is the Baltimore Ravens beat writer for the Baltimore Sun. Brian, welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. And are you acclimated back to the time now? I know you're coming from London last week. You all right? Yeah, we're uh, we're getting back to it. Uh, unlike the Ravens, I actually stayed in London for an extra couple of days to uh, try to take in some of the sights of London, but uh, woke up at about five o'clock this morning. So I'm still a little <laughs> bit jet lagged, but uh, spoke to some Ravens yesterday, these, including Lamar Jackson, and they seem to be uh, working their way back as well. Lamar said he, um, you know, woke up really early. Of course, they flew back right after the game, got in late Sunday night, Monday uh, film review, Tuesday off. Lamar said he, you know, woke up early, but then went back to sleep. Um, and it's sort of, you know, at this point, another day or so should be fully acclimated back to East Coast time after being London for last week. Yeah, kind of interesting. I mean, normally you see that by, you know, the, the week after. I know the Ravens, uh, John Harbaugh talked about that a little bit. They kind of wanted their bye to be a little bit later um, in the year. So I, it'll be interesting to see if that factors in at all with a slow start or anything like that w- with Baltimore. But look, one thing that hasn't been slow on Baltimore is that defense. I mean, y- you guys play some really good defense over there. It obviously starts with the front seven, two of the best linebackers in the league I think in terms of a duo you lead the league in 24 sacks is, is this really a matchup Sunday about best on best with that front seven uh from Baltimore and, and and an offensive line of Detroit that's considered one of the top five in the league it really is it's it's I think if you look at it this is probably the most fascinating matchups um the game of the game within the game right um you mentioned uh, obviously Detroit with you know 
probably the best offensive line in football or certainly one of them against the Ravens defense that, you know, despite not having a superstar edge rusher, uh, look, Jadavian Clowney's been terrific, but they don't have that sort of prototypical 10, 12, 14 sack guy on the roster, um, but they've been managing ways to, you know, get it done. Of course, uh, we saw Kyle Hamilton safety get three sacks in a game uh, a few weeks ago. We've seen them sort of figuring out ways to do it. Jadavian Clowney, who I just mentioned, he's got um, had a couple of sacks last week uh, in London. They brought in Kyle Van Noy. So they're, you know, really, this is about Mike McDonald, to me, sort of figuring out a way to generate pressure, generate quarterback hits, generate sacks, uh, even though they don't have that 10, 12, 14 sack prototypical edge rusher. Uh, we've seen Clowney, again, sort of lead the charge there. Even on the inside, we've seen guys like Justin Matabike, uh, even Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. So, um, they they are finding ways to get to the quarterback. Yeah, to your point, eleven different Ravens with at least one sack on the year. Four guys with at least four, and I think they come from all four different positions: an outside linebacker, a defensive tackle, a linebacker, and a safety. So it really comes from everywhere. Just one thing I know: Ben Johnson talked about, Brad, uh, uh, excuse me, Dan Campbell talked about here um, was just McDonald and that scheme being being very different from week to week. How it's very hard when you watch film to pinpoint a certain scheme that they're going to run. Has that been really one of one of the the hallmarks of, of, of his defense is, is being very versatile and being a guy that, that can hit you in a lot of different ways week to week defensively. Yeah. I mean, look, that seems to be the trademark. This has been my first season on the Ravens beat, but if you look back at the last two years, this season and last, you know, Mike is one of those bright young minds in the game who has figured out ways to cause chaos and confusion, uh, which is what, all defensive coordinators, of course, want to do. So, um, you know, that's meant everything from taking a guy like Kyle Hamilton, a very good safety, and continuing to use him up at the box and uh, uh, in, in, in offering all sorts of disguised looks. So uh, to me, that it really speaks to the scheme and figuring out sort of what guys do what well uh, and then letting them do their thing. Of course, um, you mentioned it all those different Ravens with sacks with at least one sack. So to me, that's been, um, that speaks a lot to the scheme and to the coaching. And then of course, to the guys that Mike is putting in those positions. You know, we talked about the matchup within the matchup with the offensive and defensive lines, but I think with McDonald and Ben Johnson, also kind of a young, innovative mind offensively, just what's been the conversation in in uh, Baltimore, especially with some of the defensive guys, maybe with some of the coaching staff on, on just how creative Ben has been, how explosive this Lions offense has been. Um, Jared Goff is playing at really an MVP level to begin the season. Just what kind of task do they expect that, that they're going to have trying to slow down Detroit on Sunday? Yeah, they, they know they've got their hands full. Um, you know, we talked to Jadavian Clowney yesterday. He said, look, this is this is the best team that they have faced to this point in the season. Um, you know, a lot of their wins, you look at it, they've come against backup quarterbacks, um, against rookie quarterbacks. So, you know, to me, this is the most complete um, team, top to bottom, offense, defense, uh, and they can, you know, what Detroit brings that the Ravens will see all year. So they're fully aware 
that this is the best team they'll, that they'll have seen at this point. The complete nature from running, throwing, the defensive side of the ball that they're going to go against uh, at this point in the season. So to me, you look at the schedule, and this is probably one of the, the, the one or two best games on the slate for this weekend. No, I certainly agree, bro. Um, offensively, when you when you look at the Ravens, a little bit different. Obviously, you know Todd Munkin is there now. We've been so used to Greg Roman and, and his style. How has it been different with, with Todd? How has Lamar maybe um, you know his game maybe evolved slash changed a little bit in this new offense? I know Lions coaches talked about him being more of a, a pocket passer. That's what they've seen on tape. Still, obviously, very aware of what he can do and how he can he can hurt you with his legs. But I think. Uh, defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn called called Lamar an evolving passer when we talked to him on Thursday. Just what's been the biggest difference with them offensively under the new schemes? Yeah, certainly a different scheme. Everything from the pace at which the offense operates to really um, the scheme and, and the sort of formations that they're lining up in. You know, we have seen a ton of three and four receiver sets. Um, you know, that said, look, this is a team that still runs the ball quite a lot. This is a team that still relies on Lamar Jackson, uh, or rather Lamar Jackson relying on Mark Andrews quite often. Um, we've seen the emergence of Zay Flowers. Uh, he's a guy who leads the team in catches and targets, uh, and, and they really seem to like him, using him in everything from deep passes to stuff, bubble screens to, to jet sweeps, stuff, stuff underneath. Um, so to me, that's the biggest difference is that you're seeing um, – you know, more screens, more underneath stuff, uh, more accuracy really from Lamar Jackson. This is the most accurate he has been this season. I think, um, you know, over 70% for the season among the wow. top uh, quarterbacks in the league in completion percentage. So to me, uh, it's been, it seems they, they're trying to find an efficient way, getting the ball out of Lamar's hands quicker. We've seen that as well, his, uh, the amount of time that it takes from when he takes the snap to when he's getting rid of the ball is the lowest it's ever been in his, his career at this point. So all of those things, um, you know, are very different than in the past. That said, there's still very much a work in progress. None of these guys played together in the preseason. We've even heard them talk about, look, um, we're still a work in progress. We're still not as good as we can be Odell Beckham, talked about this uh, earlier in the week. So to me, all the, you know, all of those things uh, have been very different, but we haven't really seen this Ravens team click, I would say, 100% at this point on offense yet. And it's a Detroit Lions team that's playing some pretty good football defensively, too. Uh, I think they're the only team in the NFL that has not allowed a 100-yard rusher. I think the Ravens have, are like on a 22-game 100-yard streak. So one of those is going to have to give this week. So that'll be interesting. I know the Lions are very much prepared for the Ravens' run game. They know that that's what they, what they want to do. But I got a couple more quick ones for you. Injury, in, injury situations, any injury concerns the Ravens have coming in with any guys? Well, the biggest injury really is is in that secondary. Of course, Marcus Williams, their safety, uh, he had just come back from a shoulder or rather, sorry, a pectoral injury, but really seemed to be struggling when it came to tackling. Um, and then, of course, gets injured uh, last week, suffers a hamstring injury. So his status is questionable. Brent Urban, the defensive end, um, 
I think his uh, he's got a bit of a neck issue, maybe a stinger there. Cornerback Kevon Seymour with an ankle. He was missing from practice on Wednesday. Uh, that said, you know, this is probably pretty close to about as healthy as this group has been all year. They've got a couple of offensive linemen back and Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses. But again, you know, it's a fine line in the NFL. So this is a group that has battled um, a lot of injuries, really. I think the most injured team in the league through the first four weeks of the season um, where they lost a ton of players, be it up front, be it in the secondary uh, even Odell Beckham, we saw him miss a couple of games. So they, Rashad Bateman, another receiver, missing some time. So uh, that said, most guys, uh, I, I would say, seem to be healthy at this point, uh, or at least as healthy as they have been in a while. And lastly, for me, and, and again, I'm talking with uh, Brian Wacker, beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, does a great job covering everything Ravens uh, over down there in Baltimore. The Lions have have taken the show on the road pretty good here in Kansas City and Green Bay uh, in Tampa Bay last week we kind of saw a Lions fan take over I mean they've had probably 10 to 15,000 Brian and in each of those road games and they become loud at the end has there been any talk in Baltimore about that now obviously that's a very um, you know you know well-run organization a, 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 a historic franchise in, in terms of the support they've got from the fan base I think the expectations maybe not what we've seen in terms of Lions fans on the road, but has that been talked about at all in Baltimore? Has there been any sense of, of trying to keep Lions fans maybe out of M&T Bank Stadium? Because the, the first three opponents haven't been able to do it. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, uh, as you mentioned, the Lions fans, they you guys travel well. So um, it will be fascinating. The Ravens have one of the more dedicated fan bases. Mm -hmm. um, they had a big presence in London. Uh, there were a number of fans on my flight over, on the flight back. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to keep, um, you know, the Lions fan presence to a minimum. But given what you just said, I would expect there to be some Lions fans there, uh, which could be interesting for sure. Uh, but look, Ravens have been, uh, you know, they have a huge fan base at home. And so, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, again, if they're able to keep those Lions fans away. I know my expectation is probably not going to see as much as we did before, but uh, it, it should be a terrific game. I think these are two teams that are very evenly matched up. I think it's one of the better games this weekend, and obviously a big game for both teams as the Lions tried to go to 6-1, and one, Baltimore obviously to 5-2. and two. So, Brian, I appreciate you taking the time so much. Uh, I can't wait to get down there and enjoy a little bit of seafood. Hopefully the weather's good, and I'll make sure I stop by and say hello. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Brian. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast, and I'm very happy to welcome in Isaiah Bugs, defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions and friend of the show. Uh, uh, he's been a guest here a couple of times, and Bugs, we were chatting right before we, we the, the, the tape started rolling, the helmets. You oh, guys yeah, started man. wearing them. You're getting acclimated for your Monday night game against uh, against uh, Las Vegas. You like them? Yeah, the helmets are dope, man. They dope. They sweet. <laughs> so we all like them. We all excited about wearing those. Pretty fun to get out and practice with something a little bit new, huh? Yeah. You guys were all trying them out, getting them acclimated today? Yeah, they, they dope, man. Everybody excited about wearing those on Monday night. 
it's just week. fun to play on Monday night too, right? I mean, you guys have had Thursdays. You got Monday night coming up. You guys, I, I'm sure if you keep this up, you're going to be flexed into prime time more. Just as a player, obviously you guys are creatures of habit sometimes. And, and I know that throws it off a little bit, but how much fun are you guys having being featured on Thursday night, playing Monday night games and, and, and so forth? Um, it's fun, man. Prime time always fun. I mean, you're the only game playing and that, that night and everybody get a chance to watch you all across the world. Primetime is always, always fun. And, and, you know, it's a challenge also because the whole world is watching. So, you know, you got to have You got to be mentally and physically ready for a primetime game. I want you to have you on because it's Baltimore week. And obviously you played at Pittsburgh. You know this team really well. And when you when you talk about Baltimore, right? You talk about consistency, uh, physical, right? Tough football team. They have a, a mentality that, that they're all about. And that's kind of something I think that, that you guys are starting to have here too, right? And just how important is that when people think of the Detroit Lions, they think of physical football, gritty, versatile, you know, those kind of things that you're building. The good teams seem to have those things yeah. that you kind of tie them to, right? Uh, most definitely. Uh, Baltimore, if you, you cut on their film and you look at them, man, they they, they play through the whistle, they finish, um, and they try to be physical with you. This game particularly is, is not going to be about stat. It's going to be about a team. You know, everybody doing their job, everybody being in their gaps where they supposed to be. Kind of like last week. Last week when we played uh, the Buccaneers, it wasn't a big stat game. It was a team game. Um, and, and you're going to have these type of games that's on the schedule. It's going to be all uh, physically, mentally. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an all-out war. And, you know, Dan put us in a, a situation every day and prepare us for, the, for these type of games, and we'll be ready. But if you cut on the film, Baltimore, they're a physical team. They play through the whistle, and they want to attack you a different ways and, and and get you out your gap so we got to be fundamentally sound on everything we do come Sunday you know and you guys have been terrific at that and really dating back to, to week two um, you know in that after the loss to, to Seattle and, and trust bugs is kind of like a word Most I think definitely. when you look it, it seems like guys are trusting the guy next to them to do their job so they don't have to get out of their gap try to do the job of two right. guys just everybody doing their job everybody trusting themselves is that how good defenses play most definitely. AG elaborated on that today, this morning, in a defensive meeting. Um, just doing your job, trusting the guy that's behind you, trusting the guy that's on the side of you that they're going to do their job and not try to be a hero. And that's where you have a lot of good defense and a lot of bad defenses. The bad defense want to have guys do their own thing, make their own plays out the scheme, and just want to be a hero. And, and those good defenses, everybody fundamentally sound and focus on doing their job and making plays within the scheme. Those are good defenses. How important is that this week, too? Obviously facing a dynamic player in Lamar Jackson, a guy who's a former MVP. Now their offense has changed a little bit. Uh, they're, they're, they're making him a drop-back passer, not so much of the design runs, but that's still very much a threat of his game. Oh, How definitely. important is that this week? It's very important uh, when you're going against a guy like Lamar Jackson with his skill set and his talent. Uh, the things that he could do with his legs is is amazing. So we got to be able to have great eye coordination on rushing this guy uh, we got to have those rush lanes. We got to push the pocket on. We got to make sure that he can't hurt us with, our, with his legs. And once we take away that run game, uh, we can focus on, on, on the pass game and stopping that. But we got to be fundamentally sound with our rush lanes this week. I want to talk about you a little bit because you've been playing some terrific football of late. Obviously, the season didn't start the way you wanted Correct. to with the inactives. But 
look, instead of making a big deal out of it, right? You put your head down, you just continue to go to work, you continue to grind, you get your opportunity, and then Bugs, you're playing some terrific football yeah. the last few weeks. I mean, you get the sack a couple weeks ago, have the huge play last week to get your hand on the ball, create the interception, set up points. Just tell me kind of about the whirlwind of this season and how it's gotten to this point where you're playing really good football right now. I mean, as you look at it, uh, just not with, with football, just in life, period, is always going to be obstacles. And it's, it's two things that you can do. Either you can overcome those obstacles or you can fall down and, and, and let those obstacles beat you up. And obviously with me, I'm a head-down person, go-to-work-everyday mentality. And the season, it started like I didn't want it to, but, you know, I had a go to work. And what I mean by go to work is whatever these coaches had me aligned to do, I had to buy in and do that. And once my number got called back, I knew I had to deliver. And that's 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 what I was just doing, working and then I delivered. You know, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Everything you do in life is going to be a journey and, and, and it's up to you what road you can take. You can take the right one or you can take the wrong one. And, you know, I just, my two benches at those games, I just decided I'm going to take the right path and, you know, lead the social media out of it and just head down and go to work. And that's what I did and things are happening in my favor within the team. It's got to be really rewarding, not just how you're playing, but how this defense is playing too. Man, you guys haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. You guys rank in the top 10 in pretty much every category. How happy are you for Aaron Glenn and, and the way this is going for him? Because he took a lot of criticism, obviously, you know, with with how kind of it started, how the start last year, and then he was able to turn it around last year and the way he started this year. Um, you know, he's getting a lot of the praise now. How, how happy are you for him for that? I'm very happy for coach. Um, AG is a great player. Great. I mean, he is a great coach. Uh, he loves his players. Uh, he buys in to everything and that we're doing. And just to see a defensive coordinator um, be that passionate about his players, not only just about winning, but want the best for his players. Those are, are great coaches that, that need to be around. We need to have more coaches like that. And, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him that we're able to, to accomplish these goals that we, these long-term goals that we've been wanting to accomplish and we're finally doing it. And we just got to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, we got to keep doing it. And, it, and winning, when once you win, everybody feel good. It, it's not a good feeling losing. So one once you had a taste of losing for a long time, you'll get tired of it. And once you start winning, it start feeling you start feeling that energy. And that's what's going on right here in Detroit. We're feeling that energy with inside this building. We're not talking about the energy outside of it. Uh, but inside this building, the energy is great from coaches to players. <laughs> just everybody. Yeah. That's what happens when you win. Outside the building, the energy's been pretty good, too, <laughs> yeah. especially on the road. Been, I mean, do you – yeah, you, you, you look at the turnout on the road. I mean, Bucks, you got to have 10,000, 15,000 people in, in yeah, Arrowhead, man. at Lambeau. And they took over um, Raymond James yeah. last week. It'll be, I think, a little more difficult. That's a pretty faithful fan base in Baltimore. Yeah. But just talk about the excitement. Do you, do you feel it as players? As players, we feel it, man. We appreciate our fans. We appreciate everybody who come and support us. And it, it helps us tremendously on these away games and especially at home games. Um, just looking up in the stands and seeing that your fan base traveling with you, they're excited for you, we winning. That's what it's all about. And we just we – just I hope they can continue to support us in the way that they're doing, and we're excited for them. How much fun you having right now? I mean, it's contagious on defense. You guys are getting sacks. You're making plays. It, it just seems like you guys are having a hell of a time on, on defense, and, and, and it's got to be fun, huh? It's, it's very fun, man, watching your brothers do work, do successful work. 
and get rewarded with big plays and all the accolades is is really fun watching and being a part of it. That's what I always wanted to be a part of, man. It's my fifth year in the league. I've been with Pittsburgh. Um, I was with the Raiders for a couple weeks, you know, and then I went. I was going around here and there trying to find a team. And you know, when Detroit came, it always been a family from the first day I walked into the door, and that's it. And it's still like that. And we always having fun, and you know. We don't really like to. We don't really get down on bad plays or bad situations. Hey, we we eat it up and we we go forward it and move on to the next week or the next play. And and you know we have fun with everything we're doing here, and it's exciting. Well, that's been a stalwart the first six weeks for sure. You guys are five and one, looking to go six and one. The excitement is uh, is real. It's powerful. Yeah. You can feel it around Detroit. You can feel it in this building. Uh, go play some good football in, in Baltimore. Continue to play good defense and, yep. and have fun. Yep, appreciate you. Thanks, Bucks. Yep.